Welcome to Wild Endeavors, an RPG actual play podcast. In this adventure, we're using the Dungeon World system. For more about us, our campaign setting, and how it came together, please check out our introduction episode. This is the Shadows Campaign. Chapter 1, The Dark Between Worlds. Elf in dark leathers scrambles through the undercroft of Acton Manor. His head whips around as a yelp of pain echoes behind him. As fast as he is, he turns only in time to see the silhouette of his companion disappear into the web-filled darkness of the arched ceiling. His head swivels forward in time to see a spider the size of a pony phase into existence in front of him. It is on him before he can make a sound. As the weight of the mottled white and blue furred creature starts to bear him to the ground, fire explodes in his shoulder, and fangs the size of daggers dig in and deliver their horrid kiss. It is only as Fuzzy Sight returns to the elf that he realizes he had been unconscious. He tries to move, but pain roars through his left arm, and his other limbs are secured by a viscous, ropey material that gives off a faint blue glow. He moves his arms again, and tries to see what it is that's causing the pain. The agony brings another wave of darkness, and the last thing he sees is the jagged stump just below his elbow. An elf dressed in robes far too fine for travel rides up to Acton Manor. Horses are tied up in what used to be the entry hall of this famous wizard's home. The elf mutters a few mystic phrases and a third eye of red arcane energy opens on his forehead. As he suspected, one of the horses belongs to the thief he is chasing, or at the very least, someone here is carrying the mask that was stolen from him. He follows the faint magical traces of the mask through the abandoned and ruined rooms of the house and into the undercroft. Sometime later, the elf is picking his way through the undercroft when he hears a shout of pain nearby. He rushes forward, sure that it must be his thief. Less than a minute later, he rounds the corner into a large room. The ceiling arches overhead into darkness. His elven eyes begin to pick out the delicate strands of web around the room, and a couple places where the strands have been broken. As he ponders this, a spider silently phases into existence behind him, and pounces. The two of you awaken in a darkened room, or rather, the room just seems dark, because everything has been cast in a shade of gray. The walls, the ceiling, the floor, even your own bodies are all gray, like the color has been drained out of them. And everything is soft around the edges, almost like everything is just a little out of focus. This room has six sides. It's about 30 feet across. On one wall between you, but on the opposite half of the room, there's a thick-looking wooden door that's closed. In the center of the room, a pedestal holds a crystalline skull. 
on the wall right next to the door, counterclockwise from the door, a little halfling woman is sitting with her back against the wall. Her arms are shackled up at about the same level as her head. So her arms are kind of out, like forming like right angle, and she's breathing shallowly. Her clothes are, are barely rags. They are stained with pretty wide variety of liquid. Next to her is... Leandros. So why don't you tell us what Leandros looks like? He would be a high elf. Has what we would call a RBF or resting bitch face, as it's known. Um, <laughs> just an air, not arrogance, but pissed off all the time look on his face. Okay. This guy would be wearing finer looking clothes that I'm guessing are a little bit more ragged at this moment. Okay. Continuing counterclockwise, that next wall is empty. And then counterclockwise one more is where Than is. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what Than looks like right now? Yeah, he's definitely very worn and ragged looking, wearing very dark leather armors, and it has a he has a hood, but I don't think it's up currently. I think it's uh, folded back. Mm-hmm. His hair is probably kind of like in a shamble, but he has just like long um, black elven like braided hair. If I'm assuming he's probably very like a little shaken up with everything going on and losing the arm, I'd definitely say he's probably like a little like probably paler than normal, but. And uh, he's 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 a he's a, ha- he's a he's a wood elf. Is he conscious or unconscious? You are both conscious right now. It seems like you maybe both have woken up at about the same time. No, am I? I'm, am I bound up? Yes. So? Yeah, you both are bound the same way that the halfling is. So you're you're, you're sitting on the floor, like your back flush against the wall, and your arms kind of chained okay. up. Okay. My one arm. <laughs> um. Well, your your stump is also is also shackled up. That's a good time to mention that you you don't really have anything else on you other than your clothes. Leandros, you also notice that you have a collar around your neck. You can't get a good look at it, obviously, because it's around your neck, but you can feel it as you kind of move your head. It's not super tight. Okay. The door opens, and a human male, wearing long, flowing robes, enters. He has a dark beard that runs down to about mid-torso. Very well kept. He's got thick black hair that spills down to below his shoulders, uh, you know, down his back. As soon as he enters, he raises his hand and mutters something, and the pedestal and the skull uh, in the center of the room begin to glow. As soon as it does, you feel, both of you feel your bodies stiffen, and you can't, you can't even blink. Oh. It's the worst. <laughs> the man walks over to Leandros, uh, motions kind of like a, the Jedi mind, um, you know, hand wave, and the shackles holding you to the wall pop open. And he then makes a lifting gesture with his hand, and you begin to float off the ground. Oh. He turns and begins to walk out of the room. And with just kind of a gesture over his shoulder, you begin to float in his direction behind him. You'll float too. Uh, <laughs> can I counterspell that? Uh, no. I'm guessing that collar has something to do with like a magic damage. I'm guessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that as as the key comes in and kind of starts doing all this stuff, if you <laughs> if you're reaching out to to the arcane sword, you feel that that connection is not there. You can kind of you can still sense it. Um, it's not like you're completely cut off, but there is a, some sort mm-hmm. of barrier. I I, I I figured that as soon as you said I was the only one wearing the collar, I was like, I'm 
So he takes you up a spiraling set of stairs. It doesn't seem to really be any kind of like set heights, but just every now and then there's a door set along one side of the stairs. It's almost random, almost like wherever he decided he wanted a door or a room, he put one. And eventually... Does this area, does this area still look like gray and like wispy yeah. looking? Mm-hmm. Okay. So finally at the top of the stairs, he opens a door and kind of floats you out onto a platform that is open to the sky. There's a black that feels more, it's more infinite feeling than like darkness, right? There's a a depth to it rather than just like that lack of light. And it spreads out in every direction as far as you can see. Swirling in that blackness, in like an ever-changing constellation of strange objects, slowly floating and shifting in form the way that like that stuff in lava lamps the way they just kind of is constantly like moving and combining and splitting up yeah Um, it's not happening that quickly but it looks like big like chunks of land or like lakes and clouds and and things like that are kind of constantly uh, coalescing or like crashing into each other to create mountains and then you know coming and like splitting apart and, and floating away throughout this ever-changing landscape that you took to be the sky um notice a you know those electrostatic orbs where yeah, it's, yeah. it's got like that energy kind of yeah. else there is from some point far off in the distance um, and you can't quite see where they all like are centered but there are those beams of energy like those really wavy almost almost cyclonic columns um, of energy stretching across the space kind of from wherever that center is um, out to like you know all around and past you each one is a slightly different color periodically one of them will let off like a shock wave of energy the same kind of color that this that that beam of energy is like for example the the red one lets off a, a shock wave of red um, and as it does you know it hits one of those mountains that's kind of just formed nearby it and the shockwave blasts off big chunk from that mountain and they float away and you watch it slowly start to form into like a river that starts to flow until it hits another floating islands each of the shockwaves though like if you were watching uh, longer like they they have different effects on things they certain they seem to be different types of energy uh, loosely tied colors of those of those beams of energy far out what would be like the periphery if this place did have a periphery there are dozens of like ribbons of energy floating and uh, moving and kind of like uh, you know waving around but also moving in like a spherical orbit around wherever that center of those of those energy beams are now just a quick question um mm-hmm. would uh would Leandros know? I mean, he knew what Acton Manor was, I imagine. You tell me. I don't know how well the Arconic <laughs> Acton Manor would have been. Well, I think if it was well known enough for you to like know to go there or to head that direction, that there's probably at least some idea of you know why people know of this place. Okay, because I remember, you know, not to obviously not to pull in anything else or you know think of another character, but when we originally with Acton Manor. You know, we found out originally that Lord Acton, I can't remember his first name, had a certain affinity for 
the ethereal plane. Mm-hmm. Does Leandros know that? That, that? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't think he... That's... I'm, I'm not trying to make assumptions. Yes. So... Well, so this is, this is kind of the nice thing, though, is because we can... Does it make sense for him to know? If it does, or if there is a plausible... Even if it's kind of uh, unlikely... If there's mm-hmm. a plausible way for him to know, and you kind of want him to know, then he can. I, um, I do. I think that um, the, you know the, that Elven magic community knows enough about like what Acton was doing. Um, okay. Like what his research was focused on. That that extra planar type of work uh, with probably with a little bit of a, a fixation on the ethereal plane. So yeah, I think that that is, if you're in that elven magic community, it, well, it makes a lot of sense for you to know I, that. So I guess he would know what it is. Okay. All right. Just curious. Yeah. Are, are you wanting to spout lore on the ethereal plane? We'd no. spout that shit. <laughs> All right. I'll spout it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. So that's a, uh, no. that's a plus... Uh, int. So you rolled 2d6 of Evan. Oh, that's right. I forgot it's all. Almost all. Uh, it's a 9 plus intelligence, is that right? Yeah. Uh, the modifier. Yeah, 11. Great. Or no, 12. 12. Nice. Okay, so... So you get something that is interesting and useful. Oh, boy. It's really bad. (laughs) 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 So, those, um, like those electrostatic... Uh, beams of energy are what more com- most commonly known as uh, ether vortexes, um, and they are essentially wormholes from one plane to another. And it's mostly for like the transference of elemental energy. So, for example, okay. like that that red one that's giving off shock waves of kind of like fire. That's like that's like pure fire energy that's like flowing Jesus. through that wormhole. So there's a lot of energy coming off of those things. Yeah. So like the red one would be going to be playing a fire. We could we could probably assume. Um. Yes, that one I think okay. is probably pretty easy to tell. I think that yeah. when you start getting into different other elements, and yeah. then also like you know the astral plane has one as well. So like, what color is that, or like what kind of energy is that giving off? You might not know yeah, that. Yeah, you might. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that'd be kind of a little harder to identify. That makes sense. Right. Uh, so I so they all do have a color, like but it's color, just but never right. So. <laughs> So there you go. Um, um, one thing real quick. Devin, what are you drinking? Pepsi. Why are you drinking it with two hands? What are you I, would, I ripped it's the logo testing. off. <laughs> I ripped it off now, but I didn't want to show the logo because he was, like, recording and I didn't... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not recording video. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you said recording and I just assumed... I assumed in recording, you always assume mics and cameras are on. No, that's oh, good. I, I, I appreciate your caution. Yeah. I, I assume the same thing, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so as you are taking all of that in, the wizard float drags you to the center of this platform, where he affixes clasps to each wrist and to each ankle. And then he turns and walks to one of four stone tables that are evenly spaced around, like in a circle, around the center of the platform. 
The tables hold a wide variety of objects. Um, you see another crystalline skull, which is glowing. You see, you know, some large tomes. There's, there's statues and some bottles of different materials or things, and like a few staffs resting against one of the tables. Yeah, it just doesn't sound good. <laughs> he begins to mutter uh, a series of incantations with his back to you. As he does, the spell that's holding you paralyzed dissipates. But then you feel yourself you float up a little bit higher, and the clasps kind of stretch you out, red eagle, um, with your like basically parallel to the top of the platform. And okay. then you feel waves of energy starting to flow into your body. I, I don't know what this is, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, at first, just it's a sensation not unlike spellcasting. I think the, the energy kind of coming into you the way you normally would be kind of be a conduit for it, except in this instance, it's not it's not going anywhere else. Like, it's kind of just flowing into you. One thing that is kind of different is it has a... It's causing, it's causing an effect with you. Like, this energy is not meant to mix with people from the material plane. I actually want you to tell me what the effect is. I'm thinking it's something... It's about, like, the severity of a flu symptom. Um, but it, it's going to affect each of you differently. What is something that would be, you know, really uncomfortable? Um, not quite debilitating, but a little bit miserable to, to feel. Okay. I feel like I know what this is. Um, so I'm going to say that the effect on me uh, would probably be, it, it feels like like a, like a slow chill that just gets worse and worse. Okay. Um, to the point where it, it is very, uh, the room becomes very cold, I guess, for Leandro. And okay. also he starts to feel uncomfortably lethargic, too. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Like, mm-hmm. You eat a ton of food, you need to become lethargic. <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of feeling. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You said you think that Leandros knows what this is? I feel like he you does. Know, How would he know that? Uh, just from knowing Arcana itself and maybe studying with the Vitari for, you know, years and years and maybe knowing what the ethereal plane can do. You know, the, the ethereal plane is known to harness massive amount of energy, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be basically, if, if, you know, this whoever this, Ar- you know, Arcanist is, might be filling Leandros up with some type of this sounds like another spout lore. Like, I think any time you're like, well, I think okay. my character knows this, and have you, that was a good explanation okay. of why he might. Um, let's go ahead and roll spout lore. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, you... Uh, okay, yes, you do know what this is. This is basically like raw ether, like the raw material and energy of the ethereal plane being like pumped into you. With a 13, you would also probably know, typically, the reason to, like, push that much energy into something would be, like, to infuse it or, like, to Mm -hmm. enchant it, uh, to basically kind of change the properties of the item. So that's mostly, mostly your experience has probably been with enchanting a sword or, you know, like a wand or something like that. So this feels uh, or seems very much like the same process. Um, except that uh, he's trying to infuse you with ether. So this this continues for a, a period of time. It's really hard to say how long because it's pretty miserable for you. So that just kind of makes it feel like a long time. But also there's just no way to track time here. Like even whatever type of internal clock you have is just 
just thrown completely off. But eventually, he stops and uh, you know, petrifies you again, takes off the clasps, floats you back down um, into the into the room. As he enters, waves his hand, the skull glows. Fen and the halfling are, are, are kind of petrified again. He puts you back in your shackles against the wall, uh, leaves, closes the door, the, the skull stops glowing, and you all are, have your faculty. So over the next, again, hard to say how long, it feels like it could be anywhere months and years like it just feels like this this bit of time stretches on for a long time but it's so hard to tell because you don't need to sleep you don't need to eat something about the air in this plane is is just nourishing enough that just kind of sitting and resting like you are always wide awake always fully nourished you never have to relieve yourself you're just kind of in like homeostasis the whole time other I, than um, oh god i was just gonna ask if there's any way like while we're in the chamber like where like we're normally like chained up there's any way for me to, to discern realities yes in that room? um and i make a rule for that hold on to that to that thought okay cool cool so really the only way to track time at all would be the number of times that he comes to get you. And he does take Fen, and the same sort of thing happen. I was going to say, uh, if this is happening to me as well, I would definitely feel, uh, the best way to describe it, I'd probably like feverish. Okay. Um, just kind of like a cold sweat and just just kind of weak. Like feel, I feel almost drained, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You can't tell how long each like session goes on. Um, the, he also takes the halfling periodically, though it seems not as often as he's taking the two of you. So, and at some point, you even kind of lose count of how many times he's taken you. So this is, it's a significant length of time that this has happened. So during that time, I do want to kind of get an idea of what you're doing. So you said you wanted to start with a discern realities. Yeah, yeah. So what are you, what exactly does that look like? I don't know how strong or weak I feel or anything, but I'd probably like be moving, trying to test things, like see how the chains hold up, okay. see what kind of like, just look around and kind of gauge my situation a little better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and roll. That's plus wisdom modifier. Uh, not great. Uh, four. Ooh, mark experience. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. And also, you are uh, now in a vegetative state. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that one of the times that that you are kind of testing the strength of the shackle, or kind of like you know wiggling around or doing whatever, the door flies open, and you're all kind of uh, paralyzed. And uh, the wizard comes over to you and bends down. He says, "It'll be much worse for you if you keep trying to escape." And then he puts a finger on your forehead, and you feel electricity just coursing through your body, and just doesn't really seem like it's doing any permanent damage. It's just a lot of pain. And for the next, like even after he leaves, um, for for quite a while, you kind of just are left shuddering, spasming a little bit, and in pain for for quite a while. Oh, just another normal day. <laughs> So what do you guys want to do? I also would like to discern reality, not to copycat 
That's, that's fine. Oh, it's okay, because I was going to do it again, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned not to, uh, to pull on the chains, though. That was a thing. Yeah, so tell me what you're doing. What are you right. looking for? Or how are you looking? Or, like, how are you testing, um, you know, what's around you? And this, again, can't, this is over a, a long period of time, so it could also be, like, while he's floating you somewhere or when you're up on top. Right. Um, just kind of, what are you looking for? And we can kind of figure out from that. That's a good one. Uh, oh, okay, I got one. Um, so, free time, I'm on a surface. Uh, not floating, but on a surface. I'll put my hand on something and just start tapping to try to feel whatever I can, just to see if it feels real to me. Okay. I guess. I, sure. That's the best I can think. No, that, I think that's good. I think that's good. Okay, so go ahead and roll plus wisdom. I, I rolled a nine. Okay. So you get to ask one. Do you have the moves in front of you, or I can read them? Yep. Okay. Yep, I got it. So you get one from those questions. Okay, what here is useful or valuable? We'll go with that. Um, those crystal skulls would be very useful to you. It seems like those are those artifacts are, are channeling uh, a particular spell or holding a spell in place. That's what kind of keeping you uh, paralyzed when they're activated, and that's kind of his main way of controlling you. Like that's you know he freezes you with those skulls to, to come and get you. He freezes you to kind of uh, tether you up on the roof. Those skulls are having having access to those skulls would be incredibly useful. Okay, I'm trying to think here. Okay, so uh, while I'm in the chamber, I'm gonna because I guess we really haven't talked to each other. Well, we're gonna I'm find gonna, out if you have. Yeah, I'm gonna look over to to uh, the other elf and the halfling. Go. Hey, hey, can you hear me? Wake what, up. What? what do you want? I think I know how to get us out of here. I'm all ears. The skulls. Whenever he's near the skulls, we can't move. Well, no shit. He's been doing that to us forever. <laughs> We need, to, we need to try to figure out how to deactivate those skulls. Well, we need to figure out how to get out of these chains before we can do anything. Can I see him? Yeah. Okay. Is the woman unconscious? Do you right now, him? I mean, she's... I guess as you guys are talking, like, her head is still just down, and she's breathing shallow. Hey, halfling, woman. Her head, like, rolls to the side, like, and she looks huh? over at you that way. Um, so like you can kind of like just barely tell that she's looking at you, and a little okay. bit of drool is coming out of the side of her mouth, and you see yeah. now the big chunks of her hair are missing. So she's got a very like patchy front of her head. It looks like maybe just the back is kind of mostly full, and she just she's just drooling like, on herself. Well, she's not. It's not like onto her yet. It's just kind of down here a little bit, and she's just looking cool. at you. Do you know what's going on? Do you know why we're here? Why doth wanted death thy suspicion's hands? That's what I thought. Did you get any of that? No. Did you? Okay. No. I don't speak idiot. Well, calm down there, Mr. Smarty Pants. I mean, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this guy. If I uh, if I have a better look on her, is there any way I can like kind of discern reality on her? I just want to kind of give her like a look up and down, at least maybe kind of see her area a little more, see what she's like, see what's going on on her side of the room. Sure, I think that. I mean, I don't want to tell you how to to play your character, but I think like with Fen's background, kind of like encasing, you know, kind of looking for like ways in, like as like a thief. That I think using that to check her out in terms of like being a like a mark. Yeah, yeah, I'm, try- I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of getting, like, a sense of her trying to understand, like, mm-hmm. if she 
is really in danger or if she's just kind of some ploy trying to fuck with us or like maybe see if she has anything like on her like sure. that could be used weaponry or something like that mm-hmm. that's all I'm kind of really trying to discern yeah. from here uh, yeah go ahead and roll <sighs> oh wow that's a, a 13 oh okay so you get to ask three questions from the list damn alright what here is not what it appears to be is that a thing yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so what she said to you while it, it sounded kind of like gibberish to you mm-hmm. you could tell it made sense to her but in a way that what she said was not what she intended to say and so that she okay. thinks she said something very sensible to you but the way it came out of her was in something like some other but she seems very like her eyes are very clear like she seems very like there mentally just but it just seems kinda... like when she talks, it's not what she wants to be saying. Um, I guess another question is, what's here useful or valuable to me? Like, anything on her useful or valuable to me? Um, not anything on her. I think in terms of, of usefulness, um, the fact that she is, like, another... If, if you can get free, she's another set of hands. She's another person who can help you. She's another... Dude, another we need all the person. hands we can get, because I'm lacking right now. <laughs> you should give yourself a, uh, <laughs> a round of applause for that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so I think her main usefulness would probably be just, like, it's another another person you can put into play, into whatever plan you come up with. Okay. If, if she's willing. Yeah. Right, right. And then I guess my third question would be, just out of curiosity, who's really in control here? Definitely the wizard. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, makes sense. That's why I didn't ask it. Well, you know. Well, yeah. Maybe that one or what I said. Um, okay. I want to. I want to do something. Um, the I next time so. he, the, the next time he comes to get me, mm-hmm. I want to defy danger as soon as the opportunity arises. Um, how? What are you doing? Um, so I want to say probably that right when he takes me out to uh, the the little platform area. As soon as he lets go of that spell, um, I'm sure there's like a brief split second where I have some control, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to try to more or less kick out of like where I'm at and try to... Um, that, I think that, that doesn't really do much. Um, it seems okay. like once those clasps are on you, you're kind of stuck in that little area like you are able to move for just a that split second before you start to float again but you don't get very far you don't get you know okay you don't even get more than like a step when those clasps are on us wh- like when did when do they come on us when he enters the room no the clasps um he puts on you once you're up on the platform so he floats you up there and kind of like sets you in the middle of the platform put the clasps on you and then once he starts the ritual the paralyzing effect dissipates so that you can kind of be floated up and you know starfish could, could oh so you're, you're pretty much paralyzed all the way up okay can i try this while we're while i'm paralyzed could i try to again defy danger with my mental fortitude and try to uh shrug off the, para- the, the paralysis i feel like that would be more like a constitution thing because it's well, something it, like it's happening to you but, um i don't know well, what I'm reading, it's, it's through wisdom. It's like a wisdom save, I guess. Well, I mean, what would be a call with her, but... Yeah, yeah, mental fortitude and wisdom. Um, yeah, yeah. Try that? Tell me, uh, describe what that... If you had to paint a picture of what that mental battle looked like. Ah, 
Okay, okay. So I imagine it probably takes, not that we really have a, a way of discerning time, it takes, you know, a good 15 minutes, we'll say, to get to point A to point B. I'd say the whole time there, thinking about breaking chains, just that, okay. that thought of two links coming yeah. apart through the ritual up until the end, and I guess on the way back, I want to try to break through those little chains. Okay, uh, I really, yeah, I really like that image of the the chains breaking. Uh, okay. So, at uh, what point do you want to break the chains? I want to do it on the way back. Okay. Towards, so as he's folding uh, it back. Towards, uh, the, so yeah, remember the that chamber. on the way back, you are feeling that chill deep into your bones. Oh yeah, that, right, that cold right. okay. where it's hurt, like it hurts to move. Uh, you're feeling okay, very we'll lethargic. We'll do it on the way there then. Never mind. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and roll for that. A seven? Okay. So you were doing a Defy Danger. You got a seven. Okay. So on a seven and nine, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, hard bargain, no. or ugly choice. I will say that you can break out of that hole, but it will, like that, that mental, um, just the the exertion of it it will cost you one of your spells it'll you'll, oh. you'll lose that spell and just you'll never be able to get it back oh. <laughs> oh. can i choose that spell or no yeah yeah i'll let you oh. choose the spell but uh it can't be a cantrip but like no matter what you'll yeah, never get that spell back what spell can i live with that Hang on, I gotta flip to my oh, it's right here in front of me, of course. That is definitely what I would consider a worse outcome, for sure. Yeah, it's a pretty bad outcome. <laughs> I thought it was a hard bargain. Well, you know. <laughs> I don't know how important spells are. I'm not a wizard, so I don't know these things. <laughs> That's fair. Thanks for all good spells. <laughs> Just gonna get rid of it, dude. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm going to sacrifice mirror image. Oh, okay. damn. That's I know. a good one. A good one. I know it's a good one, but I mean, like, I feel like the other ones are gonna be much better. So. Yeah. Do you have any Seven, like get out of jail free spells? Nah, I wish. I mean, Sorry. like, I don't want to get rid of like cloud kill or through sting. Those are like, they sound amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know what through side is, but cloud kill. I mean, come on, it's sure, like a no-brainer. You don't want to get rid of that one. I hear you. Now, true sting is a good spell too. Okay. So you feel that uh, you feel that that mental chain that you've been pulling on um, snap and break apart, and you suddenly can. I think that the kind of like that moment where it breaks and like where like the chain would kind of like whip back, um, in, if it was real, like that kind of feels like your mind whipping back. And so there is just a moment where you're like, "What the f just happened to me?" And then you realize <laughs> that you're that you're free. You can you okay, can move. Gotcha. He's up next to me. I'm. He's he's a couple steps up from you. You're still kind of floating. You're still like seated on air, floating. He's a couple steps okay. up, and he felt the like felt the spell break and has spun around to face you. Can I try to cast a spell, or do I still have the thing on my neck? The, with a thing <laughs> on your neck, you can't cast a spell. Uh, and I'm levitating. Yeah. Dude, levitate over and just Superman punch him. I was thinking about doing that, just like going over and kicking him really hard to the shin. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> just come at him like a crazy person. Ah! Okay. Try to swim at him. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like even though you're floating, like you're not floating far far enough off the stairs that you couldn't just like okay. kick a leg down to like jump upward. Like you could, you know, you can move a little bit of your own volition. So if you wanna, if you wanna yeah, jump yeah. at him and you know swing for him. Um, that, that sounds like a hack and slash. 
So yeah. slice and dice. Strength. Slice and dice. I have a negative one to strength. Hey, me too. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm gonna roll. We're not climbing our way out of here. <laughs> Double sixes. Oh, okay. No, eleven. <laughs> well, still, that's that's good enough. Um, yeah. Okay. So you yeah you you punch him like square in the jaw. So go ahead and roll your damage. The D six, right? Just one D six. Uh, is that what your damage says? No, my my damage. Yeah. So D four. Uh, the one. Okay. Roll the one. Very so... wizardly punch. <laughs> <laughs> so you land that punch like square on his jaw. And you see, like, a little ripple of energy that you recognize as an arcane ward. And, oh. uh, like, he doesn't he doesn't flinch or move at all. It doesn't even really seem like he, he felt it. But he does reach out and put a hand on your shoulder. Um, okay. And you, and you die can feel him starting <laughs> to cast a spell at you. You will have a chance to defy danger in this case if yeah, you I'm would like danger. to. Just trying to put a hand on my shoulder. I'm gonna try to, um, like, just kind of like move out of the way, you know. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing there, buddy? That kind of thing. Okay, so uh, <laughs> that'd be dexterity. Oh, uh, a two five plus zero. Uh. Oh wow. Okay, so yeah, you you kind of you're neo dodging it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to neo dodge it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you do, like, his hand kind of like goes right through the air, like right where your shoulder used to be. So you now have an opportunity to do something against him. I'm gonna try to go. Go for my collar. Try to take that off. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, what are you doing to the collar? Uh, Being uh, frozen downstairs, do I sense any disturbance at all? Is there any way for me to kind of, like, feel that at all, or no? It's just same old, just frozenness? Yeah, not not yet. Um, okay. Nothing's really happening other than that one spell ending. Right. Actually, can I try to seduce him? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to try to... <laughs> You have, to, it, you, know, you have to, to full on RP it towards Thomas. <laughs> God, that'll be. Awkward. I'm oh. waiting. All right. <laughs> Get this thing out of the way, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just gonna try to uh, pull it apart, I guess. Okay. With raw strength. Let's do that as a hack and slash. That feels like a kind as of a just trying slash? to like brute strength. Uh, I rolled an eleven, so ten. Okay. So you just dig down deep, like you just, uh, probably at this point, just like so, you know, sick of like that, that torture, just like so energized at this moment of having broken out of the spell, you Mm -hmm. snap the collar in two. Nice. And as you do that, he reaches out for you again. Okay. So, like, I mean, he's reaching out for you, very clearly, like, not in a, he's going to comfort you kind of manner. (laughs) Uh, Supposed to shake your hand. Wants to shake my hand, and I'm gonna defy danger by, uh, yeah, defy danger with a uh, kind of like a. I'm just gonna try to backpedal away from him. Okay, remember you're on some yeah. stairs. You oh, can certainly okay. do that, but it's just it's probably not as uh, not as graceful as you as you might have been thinking. But you can certainly do that. I just don't want to. I don't want to say the same thing again by like, oh, if I'm gonna go for the other shoulder, I'm gonna go for the other shoulder, kind of thing, you know? Sure, sure. Okay, so I'm gonna roll dexterity. I roll a seven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose another spell. You, you might. You just might. <laughs> Fall down on the stairs, bump your head, we'll forget a spell. Forgot who I am. Okay. Um, you can either not quite get far enough out of the way, so he's gonna he's gonna get a hold of you, or you back up far enough that he, you know, he kind of whiffs on you again, but you lose your balance 
and are gonna fall down the stairs. I'm guessing I'll take damage on that. Almost certainly. Uh, how? Um, I, w- I would. S- it's pretty far. Um, and you know they're they're spiraled, so like there's nothing that's gonna. You're not gonna like wedge in a corner and stop falling, so you could probably fall pretty far. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna chance it. That could be good though. Uh, allow him. To- okay. This guy. Okay. Yolo. What if you survived the fall and then we could have escaped? <laughs> so he. You've been, you've, been, you've been closer to the door. <laughs> he grabs you and you feel a blast of arcane energy just like ripple throughout your entire body. Um, oh. He is going to do 11 damage to you. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> I am not messing with him. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> God, he probably Maybe not alone, him. anyway. Oh, true. true. <laughs> um, okay, so he is now... He's got a hand pretty firmly on your shoulder and has probably... Like, that That hurt. Um, I'd imagine maybe you got, like, a little blood, you know, trickling out of your nose. Um, you've staggered yeah, a little bit from it. So. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to cast Cage around him. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> Your character's gonna die, you're gonna have to immediately create a new character right now. Or play as the right half now. elf girl. <laughs> half elf girl. Or not half uh the half one. Sorry. Okay. Okay, so you have to roll plus in. The nine. Okay. So the spell is cast, but you choose one of the following. You draw unwelcome attention, put yourself in a spot. The spell disturbs the fabric reality. You take a minus one ongoing, or after you cast it, the spell is forgotten until you prepare spells. Uh, I'll take that one. Okay. Oh man, you're trapped with him too. <laughs> no, no, I just I grabbed him to do. It. I know, but I was reading the spell a little bit more. It's pretty, pretty cool. Oh. You can't break line of sight of the thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's still cool though. I like it. I'm gonna have you roll plus intelligence again. Okay. That's a thirteen. Okay. You feel him as as you're casting Cage. What does that What does that look like? Um. So, because he's got his hand on me, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna grab his hand mm-hmm. and kind of push him back a little bit, and okay. that that physical touch, um, just basically create a big sphere around him. Um, not huge. It doesn't like take up the whole room, but he's now encaged in like a big arcane ball, I guess. Well, I mean, this is just more like narratively. Is it yeah. just the act of like you kind of pushing him back? And then the the cage forms around him, or do you have to do anything? Are you doing anything no, else? That's pretty much it. Well, okay, um, okay, like this. So I'll put a little flair into it. So <laughs> what I do is I'll grab his hand, push him back like a Doctor Strange, like I like it. You know, like uh-huh. devil horns, uh, a little Zantana on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna cast my spells in Pig Latin. Okay, sure. <laughs> and go. I have no idea how to pronounce Cage and Pig Latin. Well, also, um, I mean. You- you don't necessarily have to come up with what the casting language is, as long as you like you've established it's in Pig Latin, so it's a little bit different. It's your own spin on things. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, <laughs> basically, it's blasted on onto him. Okay, cool. So you you grab his arm, kind of push him back, doing your Doctor Strange thing. You feel him drawing in arcane energy to try to counter spell, and his counter spell hits like dead on against that cage and you feel his counter spell like crumble against your cage and then oh, the, as the cage like kind of closes in around him um he dies he dies outright 
<laughs> so the target is held in a cage of magical force. Nothing can get in and or out of the cage. The cage remains until cast another spell or dismiss it. While the spell is ongoing, the cage creatures can hear you or can hear your thoughts, and you cannot leave sight of each. Okay. So you are now standing a couple steps down from the wizard, and he is trapped in an arcane hamster ball. <laughs> what are you now? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Can I sidestep like around him? And I want to go. So if we're on the stairs, I want to go a few steps up him and then push him down the stairs. Oh sure, sure. <laughs> um, are, are you just pushing him like? Letting him go. How far down? Like, were we at the bottom of the stairs? No, I was kind of thinking about like halfway up. No, no, no. I mean, like, is the the? I'm sorry, the cell at the stairs. Oh, the cell. Yeah, the cell is at the bottom of the stairs. I'm pushing it down, <laughs> and then letting it go down. The only reason I ask is that you cannot leave sight of the cage. Okay. So if then I'm you, not gonna let you do that. I think yeah, you would know that. So like, if you if you push yeah, him down right. the stairs, you got to be ready to like book it. Yeah. Down behind him. <laughs> um, okay. So he's so just gonna, gonna. You're gonna pull it down and just kind of. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to roll it along with. Try to get it to the the door then. Okay. Okay. I was trying to decide if he like is gonna try to like hamster ball the other way, but it's a cage, so I don't think he can do that. I don't think he's got enough agency in that situation. He's he's also going downstairs. I feel like it'd be hard to go upstairs. Yeah, but he could still try. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You roll the wizard back down to the bottom of the stairs. As you are doing that, what's what's going through your head? I'm thinking. I, I guess in my thoughts, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I just. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm also thinking. Okay, it's this is now or never. I'm gonna. I need to get out of here. I'm gonna try to think it out a lot. So. So as he's as he's rolling, he says, "It was nothing but luck. You can try to <laughs> run, but I promise you." I will find and make you pay for it. I forgot he can hear what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's a really strange trade-off, but, uh... It's a very strange trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting, so... I just, I look back at him, I just, I laugh at him. <laughs> You'll pay for that, too. <laughs> Keep talking. He doesn't. You, <laughs> you roll him back okay. down. So I think the, the cage probably doesn't fit through the door, but you're able to, like, open the door. I can open the door? Yep. Do, do I have to be looking at him at all times? Yeah. Or just, I have an a, idea. just line of sight, so you have to at least have him in your sight. Okay, I have an idea. I'm going to open the door. Mm-hmm. I've been in this room. I would like to cast, after I open the door, three magic missiles. What does that look like? It's going to look really cool in a second. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know what it looks like, but it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Alright, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast three three bolts. Um, in my head, I'm picturing um, two sets of chains and one skull. So I'm basically going to Devil Horns, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. I'm going to, you know, in Pig Latin, Magic Missile, and I'm going to cast Magic Missile from okay. uh, my uh, my hands. What do your Magic Missiles look like? Uh, they look like uh, tiny uh, crossbow bolts. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, like um, go, uh, go ahead and roll. 9, 10, 11, 11 total. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, like, not not a problem. Um, I'm kind of picturing, like, uh, like Xandu's little arrow, just kind of, like, three of them, like, zipping out, and um, one slamming into the skull. Like it, it cracks, knocks it off, and, like, it falls and shatters. Yeah. As it does, then you know, the, the paralyzing effect ends. Um, just as... It does? Um, mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. 
So it ends just as one of those missiles comes crashing into the shackle, holding your good arm against the wall. And you see another arrow um, smash over and, and break off one of the shackles on the, the halfling. Um, I'm going to then yell into the room, uh, Hey, emo elf, little girl, it's me, cool elf. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> uh, we got that considering we're the only people we've seen for however long. I don't even know. <laughs> is there a way like am I still bound or can I like stand up and kind of like stretch out and kind of thing yeah I mean you guys are able to, you're able to free yourself from that point with like with one hand free and kind of you know group effort like there's there's no reason you wouldn't be able to break free so um, you're able to you know, free yourself from the shackles and stand up and kind of you know probably you know, stretch for the first time in a long time the little halfling woman, you know, stands up and like dust starts like dusting off her rags. Like that's gonna somehow make them look more presentable. Like if they're just a little less dusty, you won't notice that they're like shredded and stained. And so she's just like, <laughs> I laugh. Not, I didn't see. Oh, poor people. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I pay no mind to it because I'm not worried about him. <laughs> worried about getting out and hiding and figuring out what's going on. So what do you want to do now? So you've got this wizard in a ball, and you're at the bottom of his tower. Um, I guess is is the skull? Did the skull shatter? Yeah. You said. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, there's no other skull around. I was gonna try to grab that. There is one on top of the tower. Is there a way I can head up there and get that skull? Sure. Uh. I want to do I'm gonna, it. So. All right. I'm gonna. So then starts walking up the stairs. I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow him. Ching the ball. Okay. Hey, hey, emo elf, come back here. I need help. <laughs> I don't know his name. That's yeah, true. I'm gonna. A good chunk of time to pass. I mean, did you did you exchange names? I would assume no. so. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, Fen, it sounded like Fen was gonna say yes. So did he? Did you introduce yourself? No, I was, just, I was gonna say. I was gonna say now. I was gonna stop at the stairs and turn to you and say, "I'll help you in a second. And by the way, my name's Fen, and I'll head back up the stairs. Second. It could be a year here. What does that mean? The halfling says, uh, thou art the firmament's regal persecution. And she kind of squirms around the, the ball and starts kind of walking up behind Fen. Ugh, don't touch me, please. Ugh. <laughs> Whatever the hell you said. Okay. I'm going to start pushing this guy up as much as I can. <laughs> I got myself. Ah, you reap what you sow, right? The the wizard's kind of chuckling. He says, so you're... I'm gonna... Not even your newfound friends will help you. Uh, laugh it up, Fuzzball. That's what I say. Oh, God. I'll laugh very hard when I get out of here <laughs> and I make you pay. I'll you laugh think... so hard you might pull a muscle. <laughs> you think what I did to you so far was cruel. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I start pushing him up to the stair. Okay. Uh, so eventually I'll make it up to the top of the, the tower. Is there a railing up the tower? There is not. Wait, can we see through the walls? No, the, the top of the tower is just like a like an open platform. It's basically just the floor, and then like there's no walls or ceiling. It's just oh. open to the rest of the uh, the ethereal plane. Okay. I'm going to look at him. So you already know what I'm thinking. So what would happen if I just pushed you off of this? Ooh. Why don't you find out? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm grabbing the skull, by the way, then? and I'm I'm... Trying my hardest to activate the skull in his direction and seeing what happens. Nah, not much. Damn it. Well, then I chuck it off the edge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Then, then, like, 
like a fin on a like a like a fish. Fin. Fin. Okay. Uh, do you see a bottom down there? Can you see any ground? There is a bit of ground around the base of the tower, just like a little bit, maybe about like 10 feet out. And then it is, it, the void is opened up around it. You can see from what you're perceiving is down, there's, you know, another like maybe like a mountain or like a lake or something, you know, below that. But you've also like, you've seen enough of, of the, the, the ethereal plane and like the way things are moving. Just because you are perceiving that it's down doesn't mean that the, it is down. That doesn't really mean that there, there's not really... Ah, down yeah. here. Yeah, there's not really a down. When, did I throw the skull out? Did it, did it fall at all, or did it just float off? Um, no, it f- it fell. It kind of it it, it, oh, okay. it arced like you like you expected it would. Okay, I'll just turn back and say, I think there's a ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure where I am or what's going on right now. Fair enough. Uh, I'm just trying to get the hell out of here. You ever thrown a rock like off a ledge? I just threw a skull yeah, off. It, if that's what you're wondering, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna kick the ball um, as hard as I can out toward. What? Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Is it, do I? Can I? Can I see like the sir to see if there's anything like like weapon wise around me? Yeah, there's um there's some staffs that are leaning against one of the tables. That's probably the the, the most weapon like thing you see there. Well, I'm I'm grabbing one of those. Okay. And assuming there's there's no other exit or entrance other than where we came from. Right. Oh yeah, I'm immediately heading that way as, as soon as I see that. Okay. So the arcane cage with this wizard, you kick it and it starts to, it flies a little bit off the edge and then starts to kind of plummet again, like as you expect it would. Um, I am watching the whole time just so he can't sure. get out of the cage. Okay. You have to like move up to the edge to kind of keep, to keep a line of sight with it. And so then you watch as he starts to fall and you see him just starting to laugh like a really deep belly laugh. He's having a a real good laugh about this. Do I hear and... it or no? Does only he hear it like through that? No, no, it's it's he's laughing out loud. Fuck this you shit. You could probably I'm hear it as you you probably hear it as you start walking down the stairs. So you watch him until one of those like little proto material like island drifts between you two and then you lose track of him. Oh, no GTFO dude. All right, I'm following him. So there is a beat, and as you begin to walk down the stairs, the entire tower starts to tremble and rumble. Ah, that'll happen. I'm trying to defy danger and get the F out of the tower. Uh, hold that thought. So the halfling looks very startled as soon as the tower starts to tremble, and she looks to you, Leandros, and says, Base Asylum. Thou art the tide's bloody casualties, and she points like off the tower, like the kind of not the direction that that the wizard went, but like like off the tower, like in a way. Base asylum. Are you saying we need to jump off the tower? She nods and says, "Base asylum." I think I know what she means. Is is thin within hearing distance of this? Um, she yeah, she's not being quiet. Like I think even over the rumble, you hear her yelling that. I'm think I think this little girl is saying we need to jump off the tower. What? So, Than, are you, like, running down the stairs? As I felt the rumble, I would I would probably run back up and try to figure out, like, what the fuck? What, what the hell? What did you do? <laughs> and so that, the halfling is, is just, she's pointing, and she's like, base asylum, base asylum. Go. <laughs> All right, let's, um, I'm going to follow her. She knows, she knows what she's doing. 
and then I'm, I'm actually following her now too. Okay, so she she turns and starts kind of like jogging to the edge, but kind of like look, looking back, like like a lot, like trying to make sure that you guys are following. Um, and then when she's you know, satisfied that you are, she just jumps off the edge and just starts floating like up and away from the tower. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I I I immediately follow her, like no fear, yeah. just. <laughs> okay. Jumping, like, with the intent to follow her and kind of seeing the way that she's floating up and away, you begin to float and move that way, too, kind of the, the way that you expected to after seeing her do that. And so I think this will probably, a pretty, like, it's probably a good point. You figure out that the the way that you move here is more about, is more of a mental exercise rather than anything physical. Like, how you think you're going to move or where you think you're going is where you end up going. You even like as you kind of start moving away from the tower, you figure out like you could you could be like walking, like moving your legs like you're walking, and still kind of like floating, flying upward. So like you'd be like walking up the sky, even though there's nothing there. Your physical movements don't really do anything with how you move. It's it's, oh. it's what you think and where you want to be going. I think kind of like you're just your your normal expectations often often take over. So you probably do end up occasionally kind of just like walking, but like walking up the sky, um, just because you're used to like I'm gonna go walk over there. That's how I get to places. So uh, as as I the block. three of you like float up and drift away from the tower, you hear it begin to kind of crumble, and you see it imploding, like slowly crumbling in on itself until. It's just like a small little ball of blackness, and then there's a little like pop and a poof, and it's gone. Thank God I wasn't there two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you are now floating through the ethereal plane. Probably at the at the moment you're not necessarily near any of those proto matter type islands or or whatever. So what would you like to do? So I'm just focusing on her and just intent on. Like, she seems to know something or where she's going, so I'm just focusing on that for now. Okay. Yeah, same. So she seems to be aiming for one of the larger proto-islands. It's it's kind of a weird transition, because it, it's like you're, you're flying toward this thing, but it looks like a mountain, like, on its side. So even though you, you feel like you're right side up, it looks like you're falling down towards the top of a mountain and then there is that kind of a weird moment like where as you get close to it and kind of reorient yourselves and the three of you like land on the on the side of this mountain as soon as you all land the little half like kind of sits down and takes a couple deep breaths and is just looking around well that was interesting <laughs> let's, do that. let's not do that again um, i'm leandros by the way hi leandros what's your name little girl uh bold purpose Salve the clouds, locks. Cloud. Okay. I'll call you Cloud. Okay. She shrugs and like, yeah. Is there like a like a stick around or something like that? Um, what are you looking for, or like, what are you? I, I was gonna ask her if she could write it out. Oh, um, yeah, I think so. So she starts kind of like just like writing with her finger, and even though it like looks and feels like stone beneath your feet, like when she starts like drawing with her finger, it moves and kind of reacts more like sand. I mean, again, it seems like the expectation is almost more important than than what it seems like. And she writes out, Wherefore doth bold purpose salve the cloud's locks. 
Great. Great. <laughs> I love your reaction. <laughs> um, do I... Taking this moment, is there any way, like, for me to kind of just, like, see how I feel or see, like, what's going on with me or... Because I haven't really, like, other than going to and from the place, I haven't really had any control of myself. I just kind of want to see how my arm looks, if it's somewhat healed at all, or how I'm doing. Go ahead and do discern realities. Okay. Okay. I got a nine. As you take stock of yourself, like, you... There's really no physical wounds about you, even though, like, you've been... You know, you've been in bondage for for who knows how long. Your arm is is it looks like it's 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 scarred over. Like the that stump is is just a big like massive of scar tissue. Um, okay. So what what's going through your head as you're you're studying your arm? Uh, just trying to kind of understand what happened to it and kind of just like this new sensation of not having the arm and. Um, just kind of wondering what I can do now. Like, like I, I feel like I, I, I'm probably like questioning myself, trying to figure out like, am I capable of still doing what I have been, or am I capable of getting out of here, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, so with your nine for discern realities, you'd ha- you'd have one of those questions. If you're willing to give that up, I'll give you something else instead. Yeah, I'll do that. So I think that as you are kind of looking down at your stump, as you're saying, kind of like wondering, like what, like what you do now, like what can you do now, like what, what good is a one-armed thief kind of thing? Like for just a moment, you see some of the like that gray haze and a little bit of the darkness kind converge on your stump, and for just a moment, it like forms the. Bit, like almost the outline of a of your of a hand and your forearm, and then it dissipates again into the into the haze. Did I see that? Yeah. That, that, what was that? And as soon as it dissipates, then you feel a little bit of that fever, that kind of that cold sweat. You feel a little bit tired, uh, not quite drained, but it's kind of that feeling. It's definitely a familiar feeling. It's the feeling that you felt when he, when that wizard was pumping the ether into you. Okay. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll note that and like, just seeing like that kind of reaction happen, I'll just kind of reasserting myself to the situation and looking at Leo over here, as I'm calling him. What do you <laughs> call me? So, uh, Leo, uh, <laughs> what do you, uh, what are your thoughts here? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've never really felt fear before, and I'm still not, but we definitely need to get out of here, for sure. <laughs> Although this place is really well known for immense power, and the things that it can do, it's pretty dangerous. I don't even know to be- where to begin. Can can we try to figure out where we came in from? Is like, is there, Do you know any way of kind of passing back where we are? You said we're like in some ethereal place? Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, extraplanal theory? No. Uh, basically, our universe is made up of multiple planes. Uh, okay. This is just one of the many planes that connects the primaterial plane to the astral plane. Plane of fire, plane of water, the nine hells, everything. Um, think of this as you're saying. You're saying a lot of places right now, and I, I believe you, but let's just focus on where we're at right now. Let me finish my lesson. Think of this place as the glue between. I'm gonna us. leave right now. <laughs> let's focus on the now. I'm gonna keep talking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wander off towards Cloud and be like, Cloud, you know anywhere else we can go from here? 
she kind of like looks around for a little <laughs> bit and then shrugs and says, Doth forsaken calamity tease. Do we see anything out like in the distance or around us? Like, can I, is there any way for me to kind of see what's going on around me? Yes. So very similar to what I described initially, you know, the, the, the various uh, proto-islands kind of floating and, and colliding. There are a couple of those ether vortexes um, that are, you know, not too far, kind of like streaming uh, towards some point, like towards the, the, the center of this, which don't know much about. Um, Leandros right. is the one that, that knows that stuff. But you see that, and you can see farther off in the distance. Is there um, any way for me to spout lore about it at all? Yes. Um, if you can tell me, like, how Fen would have come to know uh, about this, about the place. I think uh, uh, through his travels and trying to learn better ways of stealing and whatnot, he might have, he, he, he dabbled a little bit in some arcane uh, knowledge, just purely on the fact of finding an item that he could then use or sell. Okay. And perhaps he just had, like, discovered an item from long ago that he then fenced off and uh maybe that item this at all or had some sort of tie to, to what's going on i don't know i'm not 100 no, sure. no no that's um i think that's a good that's a good direction um so he like found an item or like he stole something and then was trying to figure out like what's this worth what is this thing and was kind of doing like research on it yeah and, yeah and, okay yeah no i think that makes uh go ahead and go ahead and roll yeah. all right 11. Okay. So something that is interesting and useful. So you remember from, you know, reading up on that, that item, that there are essentially two levels to the ethereal plane. There's the border ether and the deep ether. The deep ether is kind of where you are now, like where the, like, like the crossroads itself. But kind of like just below that, but also like in some ways inside it, like basically everywhere that the deep ether is, there's access to the border ether. And that is, that's where there's like a little bit of overlap between the material plane and the ethereal plane. If the two planes were a Venn diagram, where they, you know, like mm -hmm. where they, they touch together, that's the border ether. And so that is accessible from wherever you are in the deep ether. And that will kind oh. of bring you into the ethereal version of the material plane. Okay. Um, after studying that and, and realizing what kind of was going on around me, I'll kind of relay that information and say, hey, we're like in the, the deep ethereal. Um, there's ways to get out of here. Like, we're going to have to figure out how we can get out of here and just try to risk it by traveling through one of these things and just, like, unless any of you know a safe passage through any of this. I mean... I could, I mean, I could probably figure it out. Look at all this. I'm sh are we still seeing like the energy across the skies and things like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's I and mean, it's it's kind of all it's kind of all shifting. Like, even the proto material is kind of. It seems like it's involved in some like an a spherical orbit around some point, and you can see that those those ribbons of light on the very periphery are also kind of. Actually, go ahead and uh, give me uh, discern realities. Just him? Yeah. Unless you are also trying to study the, uh, the ether. I mean, I'm trying to just discern how to get the, 
the GTFO? Uh, ten. Okay. Um, hold on to that thought, then. Um, okay, so useful, or interesting and useful. So you, as you're kind of, you know, looking at everything and kind of studying it, you notice that those ribbons, those multicolored ribbons on, on the very periphery, seem to be orbiting rather than what you are, have been kind of thinking is the center of the deep ether. So like where those where those energy conduits are all going is not where the ribbons are orbiting. The ribbons are orbiting around you. Oh shit. Oh, me specifically? Well, where you you know, <laughs> the, where the three of you are. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, I could I could probably harness this energy and we could use it to get out of here. Uh, I, I mean, mean it, I mean if you suggested the idea, give it a shot. Look here. I've oh, been sorry. Dabbling We're gonna... in arcane many 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 okay here we go so then sorry um you were talking about like trying to figure out like what like what your next option would be so as part of that spout lore you know that okay. you should be able to from wherever you are like step into the border ether oh shit i think we could just try to picture where we want to go and just go there i think we should try to harness this energy why don't we give both of those things a try <laughs> Let's try mine first. Sure. Give yours a shot. <laughs> and I'm going to step away from you. I'm going to, um, so they're they're close, I imagine? What? The, uh, the energy that's flowing around us. Those colored ribbons are, like, kind of like the farthest thing away you can see right now. I'm going to try to imagine are... really hard the material plane, or at least where I was last, and try to remember really hard and try to, like, grab out towards it. As you start to do that, you suddenly feel like you are falling, and the like what you were seeing in front of you, like kind of like the this this proto material island and cloud and and Leandros, um, all kind of like disappear, kind of like the the like the Star Wars uh, warp speed effect or light speed effect, like that. Those, okay. They all just kind of like disappear behind you, and you Shit. are suddenly like you see yourself falling. And at first appears like you are falling towards like some sort of dome very, very quickly. And you can kind of see like it looks like base of the dome is like linked to like six points evenly spaced, creating a hexagon. And then suddenly you feel yourself strike that dome. But it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It doesn't even really feel solid. It, it, you feel yourself moving through it almost kind of like molasses. And then the, the sensation passes and you see below you spreading out uh, the whole of Aria, like, uh, like falling down at an, at an incredible rate of speed. And suddenly you find yourself kind of gently landing on your feet in the upper room of the Acton Manor. You know it's the upper room because you remember kind of like like scouting out the area and because three of the walls and a good chunk of the ceiling are gone. It's like kind of gray and hazy. This is where the material and the ethereal touch. So like what you're seeing is real and it's the way it is the material plane, but you are still in the ethereal plane. It was very weird. <laughs> for then. And for is there anything Leandros, around me? who just saw Fen kind of like stretch Please. downward Evan. through <laughs> the proto island and then just disappear. Oh. <sighs> well, <laughs> I told him. I told him. <laughs> uh, uh, Cl Cloud Nash is like, rebellious wealth. 
<laughs> you can say like that, that again, sister. <laughs> I'm going to um, crack my knuckles, crack my head a little bit, and um, I'm going to look out to the, the beyond here, and I'm going to go, when life throws you lemons, <laughs> make lemonade. You know they said that, Cloud. <laughs> Follow me. And uh, I'm going to start... She shrugs and stands start... up and follows you. <laughs> I'm gonna start going towards the uh, the energy that's kind of blasting off uh, the the closest like things that are around us. Uh, the ribbon. So the one you see first is like a silver one, and as soon as you start moving yourself or like you know focusing your your effort towards moving towards it, you notice that the other ribbons and even some of the proto-material, their orbit shifts a little bit. Your, your, like, your line of sight is dead set on that silver ribbon, and it almost seems like now everything else is kind of orbiting around that path. So like it, it shifted? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or at least like your perception of it has shifted. Kind of like if I'm staring at the moon and I'm walking towards the moon, it keeps in the same place, that kind of thing? It's a little bit trippier than that. Okay. It's like okay. you get closer to the that ribbon, but all the other ribbons stay far away from you kind of thing. Yeah. Where things were, like when you guys are just kind of standing there, everything kind of orbiting around you. Like those orbits might be kind of weird, but they're more or less centered on you. Right. You now heading towards the silver ribbon. Everything else is orbiting around your path. And you really thought all of this out, didn't you? I did, because it really <laughs> bugged me, because I'm like, I don't, how do they move? Like, where do they go? Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, kind of like, like Devin was saying, um, you will, if you continue going this way, you will get closer to the silver ribbon, but you will stay just as far away from everything else. I just want to go to the closest ribbon. I don't care about anything else. Well, then, so at this point, it's the silver one, because that's the one you, you've started to head towards. That's go. fine. I want, I want this power. That silver ribbon leads to your death. It's crazy. It, you know what it might, but it, you know what it also might, it might lead to um, what I call heaven, uh, which oh. is. Um, I was gonna say. I was gonna say if. Um, I forget. We're trying to be a little uh, clear, aren't we? If um, <laughs> if I see. Where are you going with that? <laughs> if I see where I'm at, where I'm at, just uh, out of curiosity, yeah. if I see yeah, where we'll I'm at, there's nothing time. around me. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, would then try to picture like coming back to them yeah since it's sure. like initially shocked me and i was like well it looks run down abandoned and i don't know where i'm at so i'm gonna just think about where i was a minute ago and try to go back there mm -hmm. just like the way you came down here like it feels like you're kind of shooting up into the air and it's a little bit faster this time and like the the dome feels like it doesn't get in your way this time and you pop back up the in the deep ether and kind of see uh, so you see Leandros and uh, Cloud walk, like, like I guess, like walking along, probably the probably the proto matter towards one of the ribbons. <laughs> I say, are they walking? Or are they just like floating off? I'm Magneto floating like this. With okay. My arms stretched out. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Real quick, that dome that he saw, the shroud. I. Uh, does Leandros know about the shroud? <laughs> oh shit. No, Leandros wouldn't know about the shroud. <laughs> ben wouldn't even know about the shroud. Yeah, no, right. he does not. No. Not the, sorry, it was just around. Like, uh, it was just around all of Aria, right? If I see uh, the two other weirdos that I've somehow befriended, 
Weirdo. Or allied with, I should say. I will then, I guess, follow. You catch up to them easily. And then the three of you, the arrogant wizard, the one-armed thief, and the addled halfling, make your way across the deep ether, past eruptions of incredible elemental force, over and around proto-matter land masses that drift and form and break apart across this dreamscape hoping to find a way home. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I'm your GM, Thomas Marsetti, and joining me this time were... Uh, my name's Devin, I play Theron Nilo. And... My name is Evan, I play the character Leandros. We'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the great music. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. And we hope you join us again next week.